All right, time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's start with this breaking news here with the federal conservatives mm-hmm. now outlining, uh, don't call it a carbon tax. They are calling it a carbon pricing scheme, but actually calling it a carbon savings account. So the way this would work if, if O'Toole was to become prime minister, scrap Justin Trudeau's national carbon tax, which, of course, he's been railing against mm-hmm. for years. So get rid of the federal carbon tax under Trudeau and bring in this carbon savings account, as yeah. he calls it. So it'll be $20 a ton to start, rising to $50 a ton max, okay? And what he's saying is the money that you would pay in this carbon tax, that he doesn't want to call a tax, uh, it would not go to the government. It would go into a savings account that individual Canadians could then tough. access to buy a bike or T- to buy, buy something green. This what do is you an think? impossible issue for the Conservatives. It's, that is not going to placate his the anti-carbon tax people in the caucus or in their their voter base. And again, there's a poll out today. I think they're now eight points behind the Liberals. So the gap is widening. It's almost um, it's, it's a tough issue for O'Toole. He wants to be seen on the side of fighting climate change, but his party's well, not there. Well, he has to be, doesn't he? I mean, like last time he took heat for not doing enough. The majority of Canadians, gonna... but unfortunately he's afraid of Alberta Tories yeah. who are not on that side of the of the envelope. Um, and again, he's he's mortified of, of losing his base because their base is shrunk. He's, uh, the Tories are nowhere in Greater Vancouver, Greater Toronto, Greater Montreal. That's where the writings are. And you have to have a strong climate, anti-climate change uh, uh, sort of policy there. But it doesn't fly in Alberta. It doesn't fly in Saskatchewan. It doesn't fly in Manitoba. And that's where their votes are. Well, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation is already ripping him a new one here, saying that he's a hypocrite and he's a flip-flopper because he promised to get, you know, he was, mm-hmm. he was attacking Justin Trudeau's carbon tax. And now here he comes along with his own carbon tax. Although, again... He, he'll say he it's not. A, it a he'll tax. say it's not a tax. Okay. Yeah, it's not going to placate the critics in in that side of the uh, political. Spectrum. What does he do though? Like he's he's between the proverbial rock and hard. Yeah, place I'm not here. sure. There's much he can do. I, I mean, does he? It, it, the party policy convention notably uh, rejected that motion to to yeah. say the climate uh, change is real. Uh, he's got a problem in his party, and not, and I, I I wonder whether he just moves on and just doesn't address this issue, just tries to find other issues to try to speak to Canadians, because this is a no-winner for the Tories. Well, he's going to have to address it, though, because he's promising now that Canada will meet the Paris Climate Accord targets, and this is the way he's going to do it, with well, this savings account. All politicians promise to meet targets, and they yeah. don't. So I, I'm not sure that's uh, necessarily something that boxes him in. I think he's got to find other issues to fight on. Okay. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens here, because some people were predicting a split in the Conservative mm-hmm. Party if he went anywhere near this thing with a 10-foot pole, that he'd have an uprising, an internal backlash on his hands. Well, you, again, Alberta's the problem for him. I mean, Jason Kenney's got a, 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 his own his hands are full with his own caucus in Alberta in terms of, uh, you know, fighting, you know, whether it's COVID restrictions or whether it's climate change. The Alberta caucus, the Alberta conservative uh, wing is different than the conservative wing elsewhere in the country. And he's got to figure a way to try to walk that balance, a very fine line uh, between uh, keeping that party together and watching it fall apart. Okay, that's a heartbreaking story there right now with the conservatives and their... uh don't call it a carbon tax, uh, carbon savings account. So uh, looking forward to your calls on that one. Uh, we got a big news conference coming up here at 2, 2 p.m. with Dr. Bonnie Henry, some uh, scientific modeling of the virus. Yeah, 2 threat. p.m., remember. It's not 3 p.m. today. It's yeah. 2 p.m. There's going to be more modeling and where we could be headed. We expect probably an announcement whether or not the health order that bans in-person dining, which expires on April 19th, whether it will be extended. Okay, on, on that one, let me play a quick clip here for you, Keith. This is Ian Tostenson, head of the Restaurant Association, on that. That May long weekend, we don't want it to turn into spring break. 
And so are we, are we in the game enough with enough vaccinations to protect ourselves? Okay, so they're bracing for an extended shutdown here. Yeah, interesting. He's. I mean, I no surprise it would be extended. Um, does it? Will it be extended past the May long weekend, which is more than a month? Um, I'm not sure that's going to be the case, but that's certainly Ian Tostenson's view of. After talk, uh, talks with public health officials, including Dr. Bonnie Henry, they get the impression they're going to be shut down until after the May long weekend. Right now, what you're seeing in a lot of places is a lot of patio building. There's a there's yeah. a lot of patios being built right now, and municipalities would be, be wise, and they are doing this. I mean, they've done pandemic. some are doing a better job than others. Yeah, but you know, give up the sidewalk to patios. Yeah, let and them do it. Don't them charge do them. It. Don't charge them fees don't either. Don't charge them. Just let them survive by having yeah. extended patios. Good thing the weather is great right now. Yeah. I mean, patio dining is uh, is preferred uh, right now in terms of uh, allowing these restaurants to survive. But uh, they're in a tough spot. Ian Tossinson is doing a great job, I think, trying to trying yeah. to keep that that sector alive. But they're in a tough position because I just don't see that health order being relaxed. Yeah, I've been I've been impressed with him too and his leadership on that sector, and especially his kind of gung ho, can do attitude. Like every barrier that's put up, he's going okay. You know, let's keep trying. Just hang in there. And and, uh, he's not defying the orders. He's he's trying to. He's advising his members how to live within the orders, which means uh, be creative. You know, really get your online uh, uh, situation improving so people can order online and take take out. And you know, I I try to my family, my wife and I try to get takeout at least once a week. Uh, to, yeah. to, but again, before the pandemic, we'd never do that. But now we're you know, trying to do our bit to support your local restaurants. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you ordering. And we try thing. to switch <laughs> restaurants every week as well. Okay. Um, more than a And th- I support the legislative dining room. Yeah, I, I know do you, you do. I know. The, we, I know. It's where ball, we get our coffee. The Baldry Bowl. <laughs> uh, so over 1,000 new cases again mm-hmm. yesterday, and the P1 variant spread of, of key concern here. And we still see some rule bending, rule breaking, and a lot of people saying, "How come we don't crack down harder with tougher restrictions or more enforcement?" Did you hear about the wedding in Surrey? So the the RCMP yeah, busted a wedding, uh, at home wedding, what more than twenty people? In a, yeah, twenty two people, which is not a huge wedding, but still against the order. So the danger with that, say one person there has the virus and they don't even yeah. know it, they yeah. infect everybody there. Then those twenty two people go out into their community. And start infecting other people. That's what we saw with the pub night, the the trivia mm-hmm. night in the Port Mooney pub. One person had uh, the virus, infected 296 people in the community, including daycares and schools. And that's what could happen with this wedding in Newton. That's why they faced, what, $17,000? Yeah, they wrote up a bunch of tickets there for the people at this wedding. Here is Sergeant Eleanor Sturko from the Surrey RCMP here. COVID-19 compliance and enforcement team in Surrey will be doing extra patrols of our beaches and parks this weekend and reminding people of the public health orders. But it is great weather. It's a great opportunity to recharge those batteries after what has been for all of us a long haul. We're just really trying to enforce on people the idea that let's have fun, let's enjoy this great weather, but please keep those public health orders in mind. Yeah, so go to the beach, but no parties, no weddings. No, and don't gather in more than uh, groups of 10 and keep it with people that you know and don't socialize indoors with people outside your household. Those are the rules. Uh, there is going to be added uh, enforcement, enhanced enforcement, um, uh, both from WorkSafe BC. They are now have the power to shut down businesses if uh, working with public health authorities, if they see uh, transmission take place uh, on the premises and if three or more people test positive with the virus. I'm told there's going to be a number of businesses are going to be closed. Not the lockdown that's going around 
social media right now. Yeah, this there's this rumored email. lockdown that just doesn't seem to die. This, this phony email that's going around that uh, you know. Midnight so what do you, what do you mean businesses will be shut down? What are you talking if about? If they have, if there's uh, three or more people test positive okay. in a work site, and the transmission occurred there, they will be shut down for at least ten days. Right. Okay. So that's, that's the public. That's health not new. Came, that's not that, new though. That came down last Thursday. Yeah. So you're saying they're going to step up and force Actually, it on it, that. It, it's in a, it was in effect midnight Monday. That is an, it's a new rule for WorkSafe BC. Uh, they have the power now. They didn't have this power before, but they now have the power under the Public Health Act. Okay, the Canadian Football League. More bad news for the CFL here. They've been lobbying for a bailout or government assistance yeah. here to help them through uh, with their, as they're shut down. And news out of Ottawa yesterday, once again, uh, a no, a no uh, loan to the CFL to keep them afloat. Now, let's listen to CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi here. Here he is making the pitch for a bailout. I appear here on behalf of the Canadian Football League and the Grey Cup, which has been a source of Canadian unity and, and celebration since 1909. The CFL is a valu valuable and integral part of Canadian life, and its future is very much in jeopardy and would be terribly sad if this pandemic were allowed to take it away. Ours is a big brand, but not a wealthy business. Collectively, our teams lose between 10 and $20 million a season. Okay, so here we go with another flat no from the feds, no bailout for the CFL. Is this the death knell for the Canadian Football League? Well, you know, they don't they don't have the huge TV contract no. that the NHL has. Uh it's a it's a small league. I feel for them. I mean, you and I grew up watching CFL. Sure. Went to Grey Cups. Uh, it's part of the the cultural fabric of Canada. Uh, but it's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation, no question. But I guess the feds are, are, are counter arguing. Where do you draw the line? If you bail out well, one I mean, sector, do you bail out other sectors? Well, they just bailed out Air Canada for what five point? What was it? Five point nine billion? They well, can't, they the, can't throw a little money in the CFL. Sake. Well, you know, go back to the, what we talked about at the beginning of the pandemic. If you're in for five billion, why not be <laughs> in for ten billion? If you're a government, so I think the the argument is there for governments to bail out a lot of things right now. Uh, and if you're running a four hundred billion dollar deficit. Um, and with a host of government aid packages, and that's the federal government. Same with the provincial government. Okay. Uh, certainly, it bolsters the CFL argument, but it's a tough, it's a tough one. Hey, welcome back, Keith Baldry, Baldry's beat. Let's go to your phone calls here, John and Langley. Hey, John. Items. First of all, my comment is that I'd like to point out that twenty percent of my Fortis gas bill is this carbon tax. And secondly, uh, initially with Aaron O'Toole, he had my vote hands down. But he started mumbling about carbon tax again. He's gone. He's got to go. This carbon tax is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. And I'd like somebody somewhere, somehow, to explain to me how this is reducing carbon emissions and helping the, the world. I, I just don't know how it's it's uh, what effect has it got so in reducing carbon emissions. Okay, I guess he's he's lost your vote then, right? Bet he's lost but, my but, vote if he's breathing, if he's even thinking about carbon. Who, you gonna, who are you going to vote for? I don't know. I, I'm between. I you know I'm 79 years old and I voted all my life. I I, I, I have to admit initially from back east I was heavily conservative. But uh, I'm not a liberal. Uh, this federal or provincial, or the the provincial liberals, which are uh, Socrats, uh, they they didn't get my vote either. But uh, I don't know who I'm going to vote for. I'm between the devil and the deep blue sea. Well, but, I know uh, because like every party supporting a, basically a carbon tax now, at least the mainstream party. Maybe you could vote for the People's Party, Maxime Bernier. He might be your only option at this point. But I think like you know the problem for O'Toole is. Last time he got pilloried and keel hauled for ignoring climate change and not having a carbon tax. Now he's going to bring one in. And he's going to get slammed for that. 
the caller <coughs> crystallizes exactly the, the monumental challenge O'Toole faces and the t- conservatives face on this very issue, which is, again, I don't think there's an easy answer for them. I think they've got to move on and find other issues to, fi- to, to fight on and try to turn the, turn the channel, find a different uh, topic. His, in the enemies, his enemies, though, are going to stick it to him. Oh, for sure. Clim- Trudeau is going to run big time on climate change, no question. But uh, I'm talking about his enemies inside the conservative party. Oh, yeah. Like, he could have a revolt on his hands sure. over this. I think he's got... Uh, He's not out of the woods in terms of yeah. internal dissent. Let, let's see what Jason Kenney has to say about it. That's going to be interesting. Let's go to Ed in South Surrey. Hi, Ed. Uh, yes, it was just reported last night, late on the Charles Adler show, that the, the, the ICU uh, the doctor phoned him and said he just admitted three people who could have had the co- to ICU who could have had the COVID shot a month ago, and which brings to light. When are we going to take this issue seriously and actually charge people? I mean, we were losing both ways. They don't want the COVID shot, but they bear the expense of all these emergency care to the taxpayer. So you can't mean win you th- either way. So you think what make the make the vaccine mandatory? Well, if they don't make it mandatory, if they get sick, there should be a penalty for using up uh, our hospital services. They shouldn't have to use up. It's so got to be one or the other. We can't have it both ways. You can't make it mandatory. No, it's not. We've never had a mandatory vaccine in Canada. We're not going to have a mandatory like, vaccine. What are you going to do? Strap someone down? There's on a very board, little evidence of people uh, refusing the vaccine and then automatically getting sick. That just that's not how it works. So uh, that's an story. And right now, there's not a lot of evidence of a of a, lo- a lot of. Uh, hesitancy in terms of getting the vaccine we won't get those stats until the end of this thing but right now we were over 90 percent take up in long-term care both and staff need, and residents you don't need a hundred percent of the people no. to take the vaccine and no. to beat this thing too. i mean the, the uh, herd immunity figure has been anywhere from 65 percent to, to 85 percent yeah. yeah so you know that's right now we've got 1.2 million people i think have been vaccinated roughly thereabouts with at least one dose in bc we're trying to get to 4.3 billion uh, for, uh million so it's um it's uh, we're roughly 25 percent of our, of our goal so far but again that's of 100 percent we're much higher percentage in terms of just achieving 80 percent okay let's go to scott on the line in maple ridge hi scott all right well you know when you guys don't really explain what the what o'toole's proposing yeah of course people are against it I, i'm not a super fan of carbon taxes but if there's got to be one and I can have my savings account, and I can help use it to help subsidize my Tesla, great. Uh, instead of going into that big ocean black hole that uh, Justin Trudeau will just give it to whatever, to, to, you know, We Day or whatever the hell his friends of the day are. So I'm, I'm, it doesn't bother me. If, it's, if I keep the money... Okay. 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 Thanks for the call. Well, I did explain how it's going to work. He's going to. He's not going to call it a tax. Okay. He's going to call it a carbon savings account. It's going to start at twenty dollars a ton, so significantly lower than Justin Trudeau's national carbon tax. The money you pay into it would not go to the government. It would go into this dedicated savings fund that you can then spend, like on your Tesla or on a bike or some other sort of green initiative. It's going to be a tough sell to the hardcore conservatives who just reject the very notion of putting any type of premium on the use of carbon, whether it's a tax or whether whatever you want to call it it's just uh, it's a no-go zone for many people okay it's gonna be interesting to see how In that, that unfolds thank you keith all right talk tomorrow that's